Colonel, you flew up to Washington early this morning, is that right? Yes. I noticed you were in your Class A dress uniform for your appearance in court today. As are you, Lieutenant. Did you wear that uniform on the plane? Please, the court, is this dialogue relevant to anything? The defense didn't have an opportunity to depose this witness, Your Honor. I'd ask the court for a little latitude. A very little latitude. Colonel? I wore utilities on the plane. You brought your dress uniform with you? Yes. Toothbrush, shaving kit, change of underwear. Your Honor! Is the Colonel's underwear a matter of national security? Gentlemen, you better get somewhere fast with this, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. Colonel? I brought a change of clothes and some personal items. Thank you. After Dawson and Downey's arrest on the night of the 6th, Santiago's barracks room was sealed off and its contents inventory. Four pairs of camouflage pants, three long sleeve khaki shirts, three pairs of boots, four pairs of green socks, three OD green T-shirts. Please, two the belts. court, is there a question anywhere in our future? Lieutenant Caffey, I have to ask you to state your question. I'm wondering why Santiago was impacted. Tell you what, we'll get back to that one in a minute. This is a record of all telephone calls made from your base in the past 24 hours. After being subpoenaed to Washington, you made three calls and highlighted those calls in yellow. Do you recognize those numbers, sir? I called Colonel Fitzhughes in Quantico, Virginia. I wanted to let him know that I would be in town. The second call was to arrange a meeting with Congressman Richmond of the House Armed Services Committee. And the third call was to my sister, Elizabeth. Why did you make that call, sir? I thought she might like to have dinner tonight. Your Honor, I'm going to put a stop to this. Your Honor, these are the telephone records from Gitmo for September 6th. And these are 14 letters that Santiago wrote in nine months, requesting, in fact, begging for a transfer. Upon hearing the news that he was finally getting his transfer, Santiago was so excited that do you know how many people he called? Zero. Nobody. Not one call to his parents saying he was coming home. Not one call to a friend saying, can you pick me up at the airport? He was asleep in his bed at midnight. And according to you, he was getting on a plane in six hours. Yet everything he owned was hanging neatly in his closet and folded neatly in his footlocker. You were leaving for one day. You packed a bag and made three phone calls. Santiago was leaving for the rest of his life. And he hadn't called a soul. And he hadn't packed a thing. Can you explain that? Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Cause I'm the tax man. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that that scene from uh, about my favorite movie, uh, A Few Good Men. And I use it because, as you'll hear on today's show, there's just a lot of things that just don't make sense going on. And we're going to find out that we're going to we're going to talk about that in terms of of our elections and in terms of 
of uh, what's happening down at the border in terms of the coronavirus and all the all the things that we're learning today just doesn't make sense. And, you know, we and we got to learn to start thinking about these things and not just take, you know, so many people in America just listen to what's said on TV. And if you watch network news or you watch PMS, NBC or or uh, the Communist News Network, if you watch any of those liberal liberal uh, media outlets and you just take them at, at face value, you're just you're just blind. You don't think about you don't you don't put anything together. You know, my sister, my sister says, hey, I, I said, hey, look at what you, your president is, is destroying our country. Oh, are computer hacks his fault because other countries are computer hacking? You know what? If that's all you listen to, you don't see the whole, you don't see the whole picture. You don't see the everything. And I like the way that uh, Lieutenant Caffey and a few good men, hey, wait, he's got all these things packed up. He's leaving on a plane for six hours for the rest of his life. He hasn't packed anything. He hasn't made a phone call. He hasn't done any of that stuff. Does that make sense? When, in fact, if you've seen the movie, you know that the whole idea was he really wasn't getting on the plane. There was no transfer in there. They're just trying to do a cover-up. So when you hear some of the news that we're going to talk about today, the cover-up, keep that in mind. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Keep your brain flipped on and see what's going on. The other song is uh, Tax Man from the Beatles. Um, Learn some new tax stuff this uh um, this, this past week in qualifying people that cause and effect is in nobody's brain when they're thinking about what goes on. Uh, and you're going to learn in the second half today about how coronavirus was completely, the whole lockdown was completely unnecessary. There was no need for it. So there was no need for all that aid for people that weren't working because there was no need for reason for them to not work. And all the, all the money that we spent giving people free stuff. And I can't believe the amount of people that I know that kept working through this thing that still, that still milked, milked the government, the tax, the taxpayer pool for money. And now it's biting them in the butt trying to qualify for loans. So for example, if you took a PPP, uh, a PPP, a, a paycheck protection program loan on your business at first, here, this money is as long as you as long as you spend it the way you're supposed to. You don't have to pay it back, and you but you don't get to write off the the expenses that you paid with them because we paid them. And then towards the end of the year, they said, "Nah, you guys need a tax break, so so we're going to let you. You still get to write that stuff off, and you don't have to claim the income, which is completely idiotic. While they're coming for while they're coming to try and squeeze everybody else out of their money. Well, not everybody else, the people that actually pay taxes, trying to up the taxes and all. Hey, you know what? You wouldn't have to do that if you, if you had any brains in how you did this. So now you go to qualify for a loan. We have to take any COVID relief that shows on your, on your uh, tax return out. So you get a $200,000 loan to pay your bills. Then you get to write off your bills. And instead of having a break even, you have a $200,000 loss, which you really didn't. But now you got a $200,000 loss. You can't qualify to finance a, finance a house. Keep that in mind, those of you that are out there that are uh, self-employed, and you took that because it was smart business to do that. And now you can't finance a house for another two years because that's going to average into next year as well. So anyway, I just, I just look, at, look at the world and I just go, does this make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. Why are, we, why are they allowed to do this? And why aren't we... And, 
Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA. Why aren't we allowed to add back that income? Because we're dinging them twice. They paid it. And then we have to take that out of their debt ratios. You know, I understand Fannie and Freddie and FHA, but I don't understand why they're still able to write that stuff off. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any fiscal sense. It doesn't make any, hey, you know, these people are supposed to be balancing the budget with our money. And this is how they're doing it. And then, of course, they're going to be saying, hey, you know, the rich people don't, people, self-employed people don't, uh, don't pay their fair share. I don't know why. Maybe it's the rules you guys make. So anyway, I'm going to talk about that stuff and hopefully you'll be able to put all this stuff together so you can have some clarity on what's going on. So we, uh, we can spread the news to our kids and our grandkids and our, and our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers to keep their eyes open because so many people are blind to this stuff, which is how we ended up, how we're ending up watching our country go down the, go down the toilet. So anyway, before I go on, let me introduce myself. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman. I'm with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are tons of fantastic opportunities if you know how to find them and if you know uh, how, to, uh, how to use some of the great interest rates, the great products to your advantage. If you uh, are interested in getting involved in some of those and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, dear night, toll free, area code 855 855- Six four zero twenty twenty. If you want to talk about, uh, if you want to get some information on this kind of stuff, but you don't want to talk on the phone, you want to do it in the, you know, the 2021 way, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page. You can put in all the information you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear from myself or one of our talented teammates, and we will uh, help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you want to hear part of uh, the show or parts of the show repeated because you missed part of it or, or you want to share it. Uh, you can get the podcast also on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. You can also uh, get the podcast on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts where you can actually have it uh, once a week and subscribe for free. It'll download, uh, download to your, uh, your computer, or your iPhone, or your iPad, or your, or your iPod or your mini pad or your, or your uh, iWatch or anything you can get podcasts on. And uh, you will uh, have it. You can listen to it on demand whenever it's convenient for you. Um, follow me on uh, Twitter where I tweet about current events all week long at Ed Hoffman, all the other uh, social medias. I'm at big Ed Hoffman. Um, the Facebook page is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And uh, last, if you have any uh, comments on the show that you'd like to get to me, email me at ed at edhoffman.net. All right. So, uh, okay, I got to take a breath after that. So let's talk about, let's talk about the, the stuff that's gone on in the last, in the last seven days. Um, last Saturday, last I had to think about, I had to think about when we were listening to it on the, on the phone. We were uh, driving in from, uh, from Southern California to Southern Montana where I am right now. Um, so uh, former President Trump was in North Carolina uh, to endorse candidate Ted, Ted Budd for U.S. Senate, who's running alongside two other Republicans to re- replace retiring Senator Richard Burr. Richard Burr, isn't that the guy on Ironside? I don't know. I digress. Uh, most of you guys don't know who Ironside is. Well, So while Budd is a sitting member of Congress, he's widely considered to be the underdog in the race. So who better to endorse him than the ultimate underdog, Donald J. Trump? Trump delivered a 90-minute speech to North Carolina GOP as an endorsement of Bud. And, of course, he also had, you know, and, and, 
And if you heard it, if you heard it, you know, there's a lot of the same stuff he always says, and he's, he's acknowledging, uh, uh, senators and, 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 uh, mayors and governors, uh, that are there that you don't really know if he really knows them or not. Um, and, uh, and then the last, in the last 20 minutes or half hour, it sounded like he was off teleprompter and he was just talking from his heart. And, uh, and of course in, in the ultimate Donald Trump style that, uh, that sounds very, uh, very rallyish, but, uh, you know, he, he had plenty to say about his own election, uh, like how it was stolen by Democrat corruption. The things that happened in the recent election, dead people voting, dead people, Worses, dead people voting who had to apply to vote. So you had people that are dead that applied to vote. And by the way, I'm talking about thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people, dead people, illegal aliens voting, Indians getting paid to vote in certain states, including Arizona and Nevada, getting paid to vote. You're not allowed to get paid to vote. It's a terrible thing that's going on. We have to clean up those roles. We have to do so many things. Or we're not going to have a country. If you don't have election integrity and if you don't have strong borders, our country can be run like a dictatorship. And that's what they'd like to do. I don't even think Biden is the dictator. If anybody knows who the hell is running that operation, <laughs> could you let us know? Because I don't think it's Joe, but who the hell knows? Maybe it is. Yeah, it's amazing that everybody everybody's pretty much in agreement that Joe doesn't know squat about what he's doing, where he is, you know, what day it is. And uh, but who is running it? Is it Obama? That's what that's uh, Don. My wife uh, says uh, she thinks it's Obama. But is it Pelosi? No, some of these people, some of these people are are just as old as uh, as uh, as Joe and not that much more coherent. And. It's just it's just a mystery as to why are they doing this? Just because Trump puts policies into place, if they're helping our country, why wouldn't you just go on? Why would you why would you purposely make put people out of work? Why would you purposely make us uh, energy keep us from being energy independent? Why would you purposely let people come across our, our borders the way they are? Why would you purposely just destroy our economy? Why would you purposely just be writing checks to people for staying at home, crippling our economy? I'm up here in Montana, and uh, here the minimum wage is seven twenty-five, and uh, and and there's signs outside Target and outside fast food places. Starting wages fifteen dollars an hour. Help wanted. They can't get anybody to to come work. So. Uh, here's more from Trump on election integrity, including how the rest of the world is laughing at us right before Biden goes to meet Vladimir Putin next week. In light of so many outrageous wrongs, Republicans across the country are pursuing voting reforms to ensure election integrity. One of the biggest things that I hear is election integrity. Joe Biden called these common sense reforms un-American. But the thing that is really un-American is an election scam. That's un-American. You know, all over the world, they used to say, oh, they're the land of the free. They have great elections. We don't have great elections. What happened to this country in that last election was a disgrace, and it's being laughed at and viewed all over the world. And remember, as we start to talk about coronavirus, remember this this big stolen election, not the big lie, the big truth, the the stolen election could only happen if is if we had all mail-in voting. 
and the all mail in voting had we had to have some kind of pandemic that would keep people from going to the polls. So consider consider that and consider the old days we saw, hey, you know what? Uh, Iran had an election and uh, hey, the Ayatollah got reelected or the whoever got reelected. And you hear about these things and then everybody goes, yeah, you know, you, you know that these people aren't getting reelected. The people aren't happy about it. You know, Venezuela and all these different all these different countries where they treat their treat their people like crap. We know that those elections are just BS, but our elections are, are legit. That all went away. That all went away with the 2020 election. And maybe even the 2018 election, because Trump actually winning against Hillary in 2016 surprised everybody. Surprised everybody that, you know, the, the, the people who are entitled to that next position, Hillary was up next. It was her turn. And the people said, no, we don't want her in there. Trump also pointed to the Democrats' attempts to turn all the migrants into refugees so they can stay here permanently and become new Democrat voters. I don't know what they're doing. They don't need them for voting. And a lot of people say they want them for voting, but they don't need them because they cheat so much in the voting. You don't have to go through this process. Okay? They don't need them. I keep saying you don't, they don't need them for voting. They just throw the ballots in there. Just What do we need people coming in? We don't need that. We'll just throw those ballots in there. And, and that's what they're doing. They want to silence you. They want to silence your voice. Remember, I am not the one trying to undermine American democracy. I'm the one that's trying to save it. Please remember that. Yeah, Trump, Trump was, uh, I actually thought it was a great speech. And, uh, you know, we listened to it all, all the way up, all the way up. And I don't think most of the news places were, uh, were, uh, were playing it. We were listening on my uh, Newsmax app. I don't think most of the networks, I don't even think Fox News had it. Um, otherwise, I could have listened on uh, on XM. So uh, I don't know. Keep your ears to the ground and keep paying attention. And if you hear something important's going on and you can't find it on network, Google it and find it. So anyway, uh, let's talk about Kamala. Kamala Harris, our uh, illustrious vice president, uh, who is trying to win a uh, popularity contest, and apparently she's losing. Um, it's been more than two months since uh, Joe Biden made vice president Kamala Harris the point person on the border, which eventually shifted to a role where she would only be visiting Central America to, to address the root causes of migration, as if nobody knew what the root causes of migration were. Hey, it's not good conditions there, and it's good conditions here, and as long as the door is open, go through it. This week, that, finally, that visit finally happened, and as far as anyone can tell, it accomplished absolutely nothing. Kamala was greeted by, by signs that said, uh, uh, Kamala, mind your own business. Kamala, go home. Kamala, Trump won. You know what? This isn't in Washington, D.C. This isn't at a Trump rally. This is in Guatemala. They're sending Kamala Harris down there, and they don't even like her. On Sunday, CBS's Face the Nation uh, asked Guatemalan President Alejandro Giamate uh, what he thinks of our vice president, as well as the Biden administration as a whole. He said where he disagrees with Kamala and how Biden's poor messaging uh, ignited the mass migration of unaccompanied minors from his country. We're not on the same side of the coin. We are in agreement in the what, which is something. We're not in agreement in the how. (laughs) The message changed too. We're going to reunite families and we're going to reunite children. The very next day, the coyotes were here organizing groups of children to take them to the United States. 
So I don't think the translation comes across just the same as how I would understand it. So to me, restate it. They, we agree in the exodus from Guatemala is happening. But what we don't agree on is the how. I think he, I think he's meaning uh, what we don't agree in is the why. And while Kamala Harris is telling everybody it's climate change and uh, economics, um, which economics may be part of it, but um, the president, the president of uh, of Guatemala, is saying uh, it's the messaging. You guys put out the the message that hey, we're going to reunite families, we're going to reunite kids. So the next day, as soon as Biden said that stuff, the coyotes come over to pick up the kids, thinking that we're going to get the kids in, they're going to let them across the border, and then they're going to reunite them and let the parents in after them. So it's not the parents trying to get rid of their kids, they're trying to get into America. So, okay, we'll pay the coyotes to get them in there, because if we get them in there, it gets us in there. So, uh, hello, can you say common sense? The only true accomplishment to come out of Harris's visit was that it was the first time that the Biden administration gave the right message to the migrants. Too bad it was six months too late with 500,000 new migrants crossing the border since Biden's inauguration. I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. We, as one of our priorities, will discourage illegal migration. And I believe if you come to our border, you will be turned back. Yeah, well, all evidence to the contrary. So uh, she's saying that message, but does she sound like, uh, like she's serious? Do not come. Do not come. You know, if somebody's serious about it, hey, don't come here. We're not going to let you in. It's not, do not come. Do not come. I don't know what kind of emotion to put in it because I'm just lying through my teeth. So on, uh, on Twitter, uh, Kamala was being attacked by a barrage of people tweeting out things that she had tweeted previously and the hypocrisy of everything she's saying. So uh, here's one. It's, uh, this guy, Drew Holden, tweeted out, Senator Kamala Harris versus VP Harris. So as a, as a senator, there's a, t- a picture of her in a big crowd. It says, outside the White House to stand in solidarity with refugees and, and immigrants who are being targeted by this administration. This is not who we are. That's kind of a Obama thing. This is not who we are. And then as vice president, um, she says, do not come to the United States. Do not come. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. We, as one of our priorities, will discourage illegal immigration. And I believe if you come to our border, you will be turned back. She didn't say, if you come to our border, you'll be turned back. She said, I believe if you come to our border. Here's another one uh, where it says, well, this is this did not age well. Kamala Harris says, say it loud, say it clear. Everyone is welcome here. A couple of people tweeted that out. Um, and then here's one. Uh, I remember when Trump said the same thing. He was called a racist, but Kamala Harris gets a pass. There are lots of hypocrites around when she says, do not come. Somebody else uh, tweeted the same thing, but when Trump tries to stop illegal immigrants, it's racist. But when Democrats try to stop illegal Im- immigrants, it's compassionate. Um, it's just it's, it's just all over the place. Um, she she uh, faced a barrage of, uh, of reporters on this. And let's see if I have how many I have time to get through before we have to take a break. 
Here's the first one. Can you commit right now that you will indeed visit the U.S.-Mexico border and will you do it soon? Jeremy, let me tell you something. But yes, I will. And I have before. I think it's short-sighted for any of us who are in the business of problem-solving to suggest we're only going to respond to the reaction as opposed to addressing the cause. Yeah, I don't think that's exactly what he's asking. Because he didn't say, are you, you going to uh, address the reaction? He said, are you even going to go see where the problem is so you understand how bad it is? You know, it's, it's noble to say, hey, you know what? These problems that we're having in our office are symptoms of another problem. So let's not try and fix the symptoms. Let's fix the problem so, we don't, so we don't, those symptoms don't happen anymore. But she's not that smart, and I don't have enough time to go into the next one. But we'll, we'll continue this after five minutes of traffic, weather, sports, and uh, commercials. And don't go away. I'll be right back with part two of the main event. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9291. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and finance on the radio, but uh, if you want to talk about real estate and finance, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. Rates are still good, but I don't expect them to stay this low for very much longer. Um, and uh, you know what? If you fi- have a piece of property that you want to uh, refinance, if you have a piece of property you'd like to own and you don't own it yet, you'd like to purchase it, if you're uh, thinking about getting out of town, uh, getting out of uh, California and moving to one of the other uh, more American states, um, if you're uh, thinking about uh, wanting to have some more uh, finances in your in your retirement years and you want to find out about that reverse mortgage thing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, and uh, we'll do it the 2021 way. So uh, before the before the break, we were uh, we were talking about uh, Kamala's uh, trip to uh, Guatemala, and uh, and just before we finished, we were talking about the the reporters who were giving her a, a little bit of a of a barrage of of difficult questions. Um, we went through one of them. Let's we got two more to talk about. Let's play the second one. There have been questions about why you and President Biden have yet to visit the border, the U.S. southern border. And I'm wondering if you can answer some of those. The reason I am here in Guatemala as my first trip as vice president of the United States um, is because this is one of our highest priorities. And I came here to be here on the ground to speak with the leader of this nation around what we can do in a way that is 
significant, and I will continue to be focused on that kind of work as opposed to grand gestures. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the way she, did she answer the question? Did she answer the question? It kind of sounds like this this little uh, thing, this little scene from the movie The Campaign. Our first question will go to the incumbent. How would you bring jobs back to the 14th district? That's a great question, Carl. Thank you for asking it. It's the first thing I think of when I wake up in the morning, and it's the last thing I think of when I go to bed. Jobs in North Carolina mean what? A strong North Carolina, and a strong North Carolina means a strong America, and that, my friends, is how we're going to do it. Yeah, that's the same kind of of answer that Kamala Harris... Now think about that question. Let's hear that clip one more time. There have been questions about why you and President Biden have yet to visit the border, the U.S. southern border. And I'm wondering if you can answer some of those. The reason I am here in Guatemala as my first trip as vice president of the United States um, is because this is one of our highest priorities. And I came here to be here on the ground to speak with the leader of this nation around what we can do in a way that is significant and i will continue to be focused on that kind of work as opposed to grand gestures i'm just not seeing where how she how she answered the question no if we want if we're gonna hire if we're gonna elect people to office that are just gonna go blow smoke up our butt and not answer questions and be transparent that's you know what some people are oh trump is just so rude he's just so unpresidential he's so this he's so that did he answer questions absolutely did he tell you what his strategy was absolutely did he uh, did he explain things? Absolutely. Did you always like the way he said it? No, but at least you understood. Well, I can't believe he said that in front of a crowd in a microphone. I can't believe he said that. Well, was it the truth? Yes. Let's let's listen to the third one. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. And I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. Yeah, I've been, to, I've been to the border. Wait, you haven't been to the border. Well, I haven't been to Europe either. Well, what you just said, you just said you've been to the border. Was it in high school? Was it uh, in college before you did a spring break trip down to Cabo or Tijuana or somewhere? Is uh, is is that being going to the border? Come on, man. Is this is this the best the Democrats could do? Is that do you believe that anybody really, really uh, voted for these people? I mean, pretty much when 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 uh, old Biden, when old Biden uh, uh, nominated uh, Kamala Harris just because of her her skin color and her and her gender, um, you know, that was symbolic. But everybody thought, well, hey, you know, what? she can go out there and make speeches because she can talk coherent. But she doesn't have any brains. She doesn't have any integrity. She doesn't have any any character. She doesn't have any. She's, she's just not a good person. And if you remember how what a what a great what a great thing this was for her popularity. If you remember in the primaries, she dropped out in December for the 2000, 2020 election. She dropped out in December of nineteen. The first primary was in February of two thousand twenty. She didn't even have enough popularity to to get into the primaries. But, you know, all of a sudden she's the she's the Rosetta Stone once uh she becomes the the nominee for vice president. It's uh it's pretty stupid. I look at these things and I just go, what sense does this make? 
what what difference at this point does it make? Well, that's kind of what I'm what I'm uh, struggling with right now. What can I do? I'm trying to make somebody think, and someone will come up with an idea. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, the Fauci email dump. If you haven't seen the uh, the meme out there that has uh, Tony Fauci as uh, in a uh, in a uh, martial arts uniform with his within a martial arts um, pose with a mask on, it says the the great art of deception, Fauci. So anyway, uh, last week's uh, BuzzFeed email dump of the Lord God Tony Fauci was. Uh, was something we touched on a little bit in the last show, but it deserves a lot more covers than it's getting, but it's just, we can't cover all 3,200 pages of the emails and it got dumped like the day before we uh, recorded last week, but we can certainly cover some of the biggest re- uh, re- revelations. Remember all these are from 2020 in the early days of COVID when, uh, when, you know, we had to listen to, to Fauci because he was the only one. He was the only one that understood it. We don't know. We're scared. We should be scared of this stuff. And let's listen to Tony Fauci. He'll tell us how to survive it. So on March 28th, remember two and a half weeks after, uh, after, uh, uh, after the, the lockdown, I think the lockdown started March 12th. So 16 days later, uh, Fauci received an email from George Gao, GAO, director of the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Gao had given an interview to Science Magazine saying the U.S. was making a big mistake by not telling people to wear masks. So this is, uh, this is the Chinese guy, George Gao, to Fauci. I saw the science interview. How could I say such a word? Big mistake. That was the journalist wording. Hope you understand. Let's work together to get the virus off of the earth. Fauci re- responded, I understand completely. No problem. We will get through this together. Isn't it nice to know the chi- the people that, that brought us the Chinese virus are hand in hand with the guy that's going to try and it kind of reminds me of, you know, who's the guys that created subprime that, that caused the problem, uh, caused the problems that created the global, the global economic meltdown in 2008. Uh, let me think uh, Barney Frank and Christopher Dodd head of the financial, uh, the Senate financial services committee and the house of uh, uh, the House uh, Bank, no, that's the Senate Banking Committee and the House Financial Services Committee, the guys that that were uh, colluding with Fannie Mae uh, through uh, to to get jobs for people that they're sleeping with. Well, not Christopher Dodd, but Barney Frank. Um, and then who did they who did they come up with to fit to come up with rules to avoid it ever happening again? Christopher Dodd and Barney Frank. What an amazing what amazing uh, revelation! This is the way you do things in this country. You just uh, you find out who screwed things up and then ask them to fix it. It's not quite like having a criminal said, hey, you know what? You broke these windows and you, you kick trash all over the place. You have to come in and pick up trash and you have to replace these windows. It's different. It's different than reparations. So maybe Fauci, Fauci said this because he's the one who worked with the Chinese to create the virus in the first place using gain of function research. Here's Rand Paul last week. You know, there's been no more prominent uh, scientist in favor of gain of function research than Dr. Fauci. He still hasn't backed off of that position. He believes that it's okay to take animal viruses, 
make them into super viruses to infect humans, even if a pandemic should occur. He says, oh, the, the research is worth it. But, you know, there's a host of other scientists in this field, and they say it's not worth it at all, that we haven't learned anything. All we've done is put ourselves at risk. But even after all of this evidence points towards the Wuhan lab, this last week in committee, Dr. Fauci said that he still trusts the Chinese scientists. And the thing is, is that's a very naive notion. That's how we got here. But there are worse viruses. This is a bad one. This has about a 1% mortality. Three and a half million people have died. But they've been experimenting with some viruses that have 15% mortality. That would mean 50 million deaths right now. So this, this kind of research needs not to be funded by the U.S. taxpayer. And so I had an amendment this week that passed actually unanimously saying no more funds for this Wuhan lab. So we'll see what Dr. Fauci has to say. But he doesn't really have the judgment to be in the position he's in. No, he doesn't because he's got too much. Uh, he's got too much financial. Uh, he has too much financial gain to have going on. He doesn't have the judgment. Well, you know, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, Joe Biden over there in Ukraine. You know what? Uh, you know, my my son's getting paid a uh, million dollars a year to be on the board of this uh, Barisma company, and uh, since he shares it with his dad, he shares it with his dad, me, and uh, but no one's supposed to know about that. But, uh, you know, now you've got a prosecutor that's trying to uh, investigate uh, Burisma, and that's going to create a problem for me financially. So, uh, hey, you guys want a billion and a half dollars from the United States? Uh, this guy needs to be fired, and I'm leaving in six hours. If it's, uh, this guy is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bee, he was fired. What do you know about that? Admits it on video, but nobody's, nobody's concerned about that. Nah, that's no biggie. We're going to try and impeach the president, impeach uh, President Trump because he asked someone to check that out. Well, you know, what? he admitted it on TV. You know, Biden admitted it. Why? Why is that bad to ask someone to investigate it? I don't know. And now we've got now we've got uh, uh, these weapons, these bioweapons, biological warfare um, that they're creating in Wuhan lab. And and uh, there's there's a, a lot to learn from that stuff. We're our tax money's paying for that. So Fauci, the next uh, the next set of stuff here is uh, Fauci only liked answering people who treated him like a rock star. Well, I guess that's not that unusual. You know, people. I only like to talk to people that that uh, like me. I don't like to talk to haters. But you know, this guy's got a responsibility. I just assume we do the job. You know, uh, uh, I like the line in uh, in. Uh, uh, in the movie, The Departed, I'm the guy who does just. Does, I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. And so, although his responses to them were redacted, we know that he answered the medical director of the NFL, who asked Fauci for a confidential brief, briefing on how to safely start football season. We also know there was a request from the documentary filmmaker working with Disney, who asked to ride along with Fauci as he drove to work. Um, February 27th, an email came from 1970s actress Morgan Fairchild. Remember her? Most people don't. Um, hi, Dr. Fauci. I'm reaching out to see if I can help in any way to get, a good, to get good information out to the public. I have almost 100,000 Twitter followers and have been tweeting articles that I feel are helpful. But if you have any info I can help disseminate, disseminate please let me know. She then told Fauci what a great job he was doing. You know what? 
when when these people, well, you know, Morgan Fairchild, I haven't been on TV in a long time, and no one's seen all my new plastic surgery since the 80s. I would really love to help here. You know, and, uh, I, you know, my response would be a, my response to this would be a scene from the aviator. Don't talk down to me. Don't you ever talk down to me. You are a movie star. Nothing more. You are a movie star. Nothing more. You read somebody else's words for a living. And get plastic surgery and get uh, have somebody professionally make you up so you look so you look so gorgeous so you could be on TV. That's what you do for a living. Why do people worship these people? It's not like they're using their own brain to create to create something that's going to make the world better. Uh, Fauci responded with information for her to share, saying it would be great if you could tweet to your many followers. La 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 la. All the talking points. You know what? The, this guy's starstruck. March fifteenth. Uh, three days after the uh, after the lockdown started, Fauci heard from the nation's gatekeeper on disinformation, fake book CEO Mark Zuckerberg, uh, an NIH employee emailed uh, Fauci to share the good news. Mark Zuckerberg has extended a few offers to do videos with you that we would be happy to seek clearance on for you to do. If you're amenable, these would have have the weight and impact of television really more so. Please advise if you want to do them. Fauci's response was, I will call or write Mark and tell him I'm interested in doing this. Of course he is. Of course he's interested. I, he wants to be on TV. He wants to be on Facebook. He wants to be everywhere. You realize that, that uh, uh, Tony Fauci is the highest paid federal government employee ever. You know, the president of the United States gets paid 400000 and uh, Fauci gets paid 417000 Hmm. Of course, he probably doesn't get the plane and all expenses paid and all that other stuff. So um, I guess he's in one from one angle. He's the highest paid April 1st, April 1st. So three weeks after the lockdown, uh, Fauci spoke to Microsoft founder Bill Gates on the phone to discuss a collaborative approach to fighting COVID. After the call, a Gates Foundation executive emailed Fauci to praise Fauci and express concern for his health. I see you on TV almost every day, and although you continue to have considerable energy, I'm seriously worried about you. The nation and the world absolutely need your leadership. Fauci wrote back, I will try to engage as much as I, am, as I can, given my current circumstances. Oh, geez. Can anybody say, uh, gag me with a spoon? You know, it, oh, it's just so sugary sweet. I'm really concerned about your, your health. You're working so hard to to keep the world locked down. Then uh, Fauci told colleagues, colleagues legitimate emails were a waste of his time. March 6th, so right before, right before the lockdown, this is the first page of the email dump. Melinda Haskins from the NIH's communications office sent Fauci his, this email entitled House Oversight Letter on Coronavirus Diagnostics. So this is kind of, hey, hey, you're going to go, you're going to go meet with the uh, House Oversight Committee. We're going to give you the, the uh, the uh, the coronavirus diagnosis give you some talking points give you some some prep for your testimony. This was a five, this was five days before he was he was to give his first testimony to the committee. Seems like he'd want to read that letter, right? Wrong. His response says, "I don't understand why you're I don't understand why you're asking me to review this. Is this an FYI? Uh, hello, you don't have time to uh, respond to important stuff before you go in front in front of the TV cameras in front of the." Uh, uh, the uh, Homeland Security Committee 
I don't know. It just seems logical. My logically thinking brain would think this was important. In his own words, Fauci stated he does not believe masks work. And I talked about this a little bit uh, last week, February 5th, seven days before the lockdown, uh, two months before the entire country was subject to mask mandates. Fauci wrote this to Sylvia Burwell, Obama's final HHS secretary. Masks are really for infected people. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. It might, however, provide some slight benefit in keep you out of gross droplet and keeping out gross droplets. If someone coughs or sneezes on you, you know what, if someone coughs or sneezes on you, uh, they're too close. Even if we do, even if we don't have social distancing, I do not recommend you wear a mask. You know, I sent that one over to, uh, to my sister and she goes, see, he's, he's saying how important it is to get vaccinated. Okay, whatever. Uh, so we all knew that Fauci didn't believe masks work and Rand Paul was brave enough to say it back in March But Fauci continued to deny it while testifying under oath. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's not. The vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let's get down to the facts. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they wear their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective, and we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I I totally disagree with you. Of course you disagree with him because he's he's saying that you're an idiot. He's saying that you're that you're just trying to look look big on TV. You're trying to look important. And of course, I totally disagree with you. What else would he say? So Fauci was in over his head from day one, February 29th. One day after the first reported COVID death in the United States, ABC News emailed Fauci to ask if he agreed with what the Department of Homeland Security said that epidemiology models showed that 98 million people could be infected with COVID and death from from the virus could reach 500,000. Fauci's response, that seems exceptionally high. So where are we today? Well, today, the United States is at about 600,000, according to the statistics. But are those statistics legit? Let me play this a uh, couple of minutes off this clip from uh, One America News, and this was this was when the when the national deaths were at two hundred twenty thousand. Let me play this little piece. Centers for Disease Control have updated their death counts for coronavirus and reveal yet again that COVID-19 is rarely the actual cause of death among coronavirus patients. According to the CDC themselves, of the 220,000 deaths attributed to the coronavirus, 87,000 of them died from pneumonia and influenza. Another 17,000 died from chronic respiratory diseases and 26,000 died from respiratory distress syndrome. 44,000 patients died from hypertensive diseases, 23,000 died from heart disease, and a whopping 28,000 died from cardiac arrest and heart failure. Yet all of these, 
even patients who die from heart attacks or marked down as dying from the coronavirus. Doctors who spoke with One American News explained that 131,000 patients who are being considered COVID-19 deaths already had life-ending diseases, including cancer, dementia, and even end-stage renal failure. And according to the CDC, again, if you look at place of death, you'll see that some 10,000 patients who died from COVID were on hospice care, meaning they were terminally ill to begin with and were already expected to die. So the whole uh, report goes on to say how Medicare was was uh, actually paying these hospitals extra money, which we've talked about um, many times, to report report these deaths as coronavirus, whether they were or not, uh, as long as the, there was coronavirus involved in it, whether whether that was the cause of death or not. So, but you know, there's some more, there's some more. And who is paying them more? Medicare, which means the majority of these people were over 62 at least, and they were, and Medicare was paying their, their, uh, their, uh, in, their, 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 Medical bills. Notice the private medical medical the private medical insurance weren't doing that. Why? Because they run their company like a company, the way Trump would run our government, like it was his company, and not and not just throw money at things the way the Biden administration is doing. So uh, so here's what happened. And here's what happens when you tell the truth about uh, about Fauci once again, Rand Paul. So I sent a letter today to the head of my committee in Homeland Security to say we need to have a hearing with impartial scientists who are, are on the other side of Dr. Fauci, who believe that it's incredibly dangerous. But you know what the other danger is? I've had five death threats just for being outspoken on it. This week, I've had five death threats. I don't know what the world's coming to. You can't ask honest, difficult questions that in the end have turned and proved out that Dr. Fauci was not being honest with us. But as a repercussion, my family had white powder sent to our house and five death threats phoned in. Yeah, so uh, this is this is the this is how the how the the swamp works. This is how the 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 dark the dark web the dark uh the dark side of our government works if you say something that's going to bring out the truth that's going to threaten somebody's uh financial uh uh their their financial wellness if you're going to if you're going to cut off some money that's coming into them or hurt them somehow in their reputation they just threaten to kill you but does that mean that we should stop speaking out no I mean, think think about the guys that go to go to war to to protect our country and protect our freedoms. They know that they're that they're going to be uh, in situations where they might get killed. But if they didn't go, we wouldn't be free. We wouldn't be the country that we are today, or we wouldn't be the country we were about six eight months ago. So anyway, think about that, folks. Think about that, folks. Uh, you know what? Uh, just because someone uh, is going to be mad if you say something, if it's the truth, say it anyway. Just because your kids don't want to talk about politics and they don't really want to get involved in that stuff, say it to them anyway. Say what you need to say. Don't say what they want to hear. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. 
Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM 590, the answer.